Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean, aka At The Peak. I'm joined once again by Chaff. Chaff, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you very much. Good stuff. We're also joined once again by Ryan. How have you been getting on, mate, other than finishing bottom in the quiz this weekend? <laughs> yeah, not, well, I said not too bad. I've had quite a bit of stick from last week, but I'm, uh, I'm not too bad. Good stuff. Good to hear. So we're going to be going through the forwards for our all-time Dale 11s today, and that'll round off our teams. Uh, and then we'll be asking for people on the forum and on Twitter to vote for their favourite out of the three. So... We're going to kick off with a player that once again came slightly before mine and Ryan's time, but a player who's still fondly remembered by Dale fans to this day and, and a player that a lot of older supporters still like to mention. And Chaff, you remember seeing quite a lot of Steve Whitehall, don't you? I certainly do, yeah. He's the first proper goal scorer that I remember watching up at Rochdale. Because um, we had a lot of awful forwards as well, like Mark Leonard. Um, for example, and Steve Whitehall was just—he was excellent. He really was a goal scorer. Um, scored goals wherever he went as well. He left us and got even better. He went to Mansfield after us. Uh, got pretty much a goal in every other game for them. And uh, yeah, not a—he didn't really score many great goals, but he scored. He was always in the right place at the right time. So yeah, definitely he deserves a mention, and he's. Uh, it's only recently that Hendo's got past him in terms of how many goals he's got. I think he was close to 100 goals, quite all. So, yeah, fully deserving of a mention on, on here. Why do you think perhaps he didn't um, go on to another level? Because something that we spoke about with Henderson last week was the fact that he's maybe spent a, lo- a bit longer with us because he came to us at a later stage of his career, whereas Whitehall seemed to be sort of um, towards the start of his career when he had his best spell with us. Why do you think it was that maybe a, a second offer to a club didn't come in for him? Um, good question. I'm not, not, I'm not sure. Um, didn't, he didn't have a, a, a great deal of pace. Um, yeah, I don't know. He probably could have gone on to a, a better level than ourselves. Well, I guess at the time he did because... When he was when he left us, he went to Mansfield. It was pretty much a sideways move, but then he went on to Oldham, which was, at the time was a higher move. So, yeah, yeah, he went up a little bit, but not much. Is there anyone in the more modern era that you could compare him to for people like me and Ryan who don't remember seeing him play? Um, I don't think you were too dissimilar to to Glenn Murray, really. Awkward to play against and. Just had a knack of scoring goals. Um, you wouldn't look at Whitehall and think this guy's going to get us twenty goals a season, but he would. One player who I do remember from when I first started going to watch Dale, um, and we we were sort of struggling for one striker to pick out the three or four who were performing at a decent level for Dale at the time. But I certainly remember. Tony Ellis has been one of the standout players in that team. What do you remember of Ellis? Because he was towards the end of his career by the time he rocked up at Scotland. Yeah, I was I was a big fan of Ellis. Um, he's one of those players that, through his early career, you'd have loved in your in your side, and then when he comes to you at a later stage, you do question what sort of contribution he's going to be able to make. Uh, I think he was in his mid thirties, or certainly early thirties at least, uh, when he joined us, and you could just tell that he was a class above um, his footballing brain um, made up for his lack of pace 
his finishing ability were never in doubt, and he did. Yeah, he did well for us. He did. Yeah, I was a big fan of Tony Alex. Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. Um, I was going to mention his his brain myself. Actually, you could tell that perhaps he was one of those players that let his brain take the way that he played the game a little bit like Sheringham at a higher level, obviously, like maybe didn't have the pace to beat most of the defenders, but certainly had an extra yard in his head. Um, and we sort of plumped for him over a couple of players that we mentioned, did we, in, in Graham Lancashire and Robbie Painter. What was it about Ellis, do you think, that maybe made him stand out more than those two? Well, he was certainly more likeable than what Robbie Painter was, because uh, as soon as Robbie Painter had one good season, he wanted to leave us for a lot more money. Um but Ellis, I don't know. He just had a, he just, he had a bit of class about him, didn't he? Um, he linked up very well with um, with Platt as well, and yeah, his his finishing ability was brilliant. So, yeah, Clive Platt. That's one player that we we were going to come on to anyway. Um, Ryan, what do you remember of Platt? Because I think he would have been playing when you first started coming down to Dale. Um, he was. Perhaps not the most prolific goal scorer, but he did a really important job for a, for a decent Dale side, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, like you said, he was early stages, um, and he was your typical. You played two up front back then. Most teams did, and you had a sort of little and large, if you like. And he was he was our large and um, good target man who could play football. Um, would get his head on things. Would battle. Would like a bit of a scrap. Um, but yeah, he, he cropped up with goals. He, he weren't the most prolific, like you said, but he, he he popped up with with a few over his time. I think he got about thirty goals for us, um, and obviously then went on to play at a higher level as well. So um, yeah, a good good player, Clive Platt. Chaff, what do you remember of Platt? Because he certainly, like you said, he he formed a strong partnership with Ellis, but he also formed some good partnerships with the next three or four players that we're going to come on to that came later on. Yeah, I think he complimented them all very well. He's a very good target man. He's basically what we want Calvin to be. Um, and he's, he scores he scored goals. Um, not prolific by any means, but he'd always be good for nine, eight, nine, ten goals a season, um, no matter what form he was in. Uh, his link-up play with the likes of Connor, Platt, uh, was all really, really good. Um, and it come at a time where it was quite exciting to go and watch Rochdale because parking had taken over. Uh, it was massively different to what Barrow had offered up previously. And yeah, it was um first real good target man that I remember watching. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. And the comparisons to Calvin, I think, are, um, are relevant because he was certainly more of a threat in front of goal, but he definitely did that job that we saw Calvin do more effectively at the start of his uh, Dale career. Ryan has got his head in his hands because we've come on to Calvin Andrew, but we'll skip, we'll skip on then because Platt was, I believe, became our record uh, signing when he signed and that was a record that was taken by Paul Connor, one of his strike partners with his time at Dale. Um, a record that still stands today as well. Now, Ryan, he was one of your favourite players when you first started going down to Dale, wasn't he? Yeah, he was my first hero um, when I started going he was a, a player I always wanted to see on the on the pitch um, met him when I was really young as well so that, that helped but um, yeah he was just a, a great player to watch he was um, not blessed with loads of pace I don't think but he could get in behind through his movement 
Um, he worked hard um, and unfortunately injuries let him down a little bit, but a decent goal scoring record again. Um, and yeah, I think during his early stages at, at Rochdale, I think he was probably one of the best strikers to play at that level, I think, um, in terms of not only his ability on the ball, but his intelligence as well. Um, his work rate to press goalkeepers and defenders was was always something you saw him do. And yeah, I love Paul Connor, still do. Um, I have number 27 in my, in my lottery numbers every week. Um, and yeah, it's a favourite. Just, I love Paul Connor. Yeah, Chaffee was absolutely unbelievable working his first few months at Dale and almost got us into the playoffs with that run of form that um, that was perhaps best remembered for that hat-trick against Carlisle. Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic when he joined, weren't he? Uh, was it? He got 10 goals in that last 14-game spell before the end of the season. Um, I'd like to think if we'd have had him maybe a couple of months earlier, we'd have probably, we'd have probably been pushing for promotion. Um, the following season when he picked up that injury if he doesn't get injured I think we go up because um, if he'd have carried on that form he'd have scored an absolute heartful. Um he could score different types of goals um, he's a good finisher um, they've got some of the goals he scored in that game that you mentioned against Carlisle um, just absolutely outstanding like first time half volleys from distance into the top corner, everything he hit to turn to gold in that back end of that season. Yeah, that uh, the goal that I remember against Carlisle was the one when he flicked it over the defender's head and then on the turn sort of slammed it into the bottom corner. And um, There haven't been many players in the first few years where I've been going to watch Dale that were capable of that sort of goal. And I certainly agree that if it weren't for the injuries the season after, we would have been probably promoted automatically. And we've seen in years since then, just how important um, a prolific goal scorer like he can be for a team chasing promotion. And we'll come on to a few of the players that managed to achieve that with Dale. Um, one player who Connor will have played with quite a bit and looked the absolute business when he came through Chaff. How exciting was Kevin Townsend? No, it was just that, weren't it? Exciting. Uh, only small, but what a finisher. Um, it was pacey, um, it was fearless, he'd go in for for challenges that wouldn't you wouldn't not ordinarily want to go in for. Um and he's he's another one who just had a knack of scoring goals. Um when he had a run in the team in that second full season that he was with us, um oh, he was scoring all different kinds of goals and quite rightly um started making the headlines and had interest from other clubs. Um Played really well under after Parking left and Hollins took over. He played superbly well under John Hollins. Um, I remember him scoring twice against York in that five-four victory. Uh, and him and Patrick McCaw, they might they, they could have played on their own that night and scored goals. Um, I remember him making bursting onto the scene against Fulham in the League Cup as well. Um, then once Simpson took over as manager, everything seemed to go wrong for him. Uh, he couldn't get in the team, couldn't get a run of games going, wasn't scoring. Um, but that season, that season when he when he broke through, it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Ryan, right. do you think it's maybe a little bit of a down indictment on Simpson's time in charge of the club that 
he's taken over with these two really exciting players in McCourt and Townsend looking like they were going to set the world alight and go on to bigger and better things. And in the end, that didn't happen for either of them. Well, it did for McCourt, but obviously later on in his career. Yeah, it's a strange one because I, I remember um, when I started going and I think Kevin Townsend had been there for a couple of years before I started and, and everyone was talking to me about this world beater and that he's going to go on to play, you know, certainly Championship or Premier League. I think clubs like Everton and, and teams like that were watching him at the time. I know he came from there, but um, looking at him again, and just didn't happen for him for whatever reason. Um, I think he went on to Macclesfield, didn't he, and then played non-league, but... Yeah, I think you're unfortunate in some ways, Simo, with, with those two um, and a couple of others as well. But sometimes that happens to young players where they come through, you know, hit the ground running, scoring goals, and then it sort of peter out a little bit. And I'm not sure why that happened to him, but um, certainly had a, a really good couple of seasons with us um, in the beginning and, and rightly in this list. Yeah, he was a special talent at first when he first came through and perhaps maybe he was another player that we've mentioned before that where attitude perhaps held him back a little bit. I know there were stories about goings on when he went to Macclesfield that maybe we shouldn't go into um, because we don't want to get sued, basically. <laughs> but um, he certainly looked like he had the ability to go and go on and play at a high level when he first came through. I know, like you said, Everton were linked with him briefly. I remember that the rumours that Preston were lining up a £1 million bid for both him and McCourt. Um, and it's such a shame, really, looking back, when you remember those moments that he had and McCourt himself as well. Uh, that brace against Fulham, both goals brilliantly taken. Um, I think he got a brace in that 5-4 win over York on that Tuesday night that season when we got into the playoffs. And he was a, he was a terrific player, Townsend. It's a shame that he couldn't really manage to forge out a better career than he than he did in the end and I think another player who perhaps fits into that category and another player from over Liverpool way as well um, Ryan Lee McAvilly spent three different spells with Dale um, why do you think the club kept looking to bring a player like him back because he wasn't exactly the most talented um, technical player in the world no um, you can only assume it's um similar to why we probably kept Calvin all this time. We were probably great in the dressing room and his personality was, was pretty infectious at the time. I, I remember when he came back, I think it was the 08-09 season, the black, first black and blue kit. Um, and he came back and scored in the snow and he jumped in the snow and threw the snow everywhere and things like that. And that's probably what he brought to the dressing room. He was probably, he was probably great for the young players then. But um, sometimes it's just just happens that doesn't it and you can't really explain why because like you said he wasn't he was never going to pull up any trees was he but he was he was a decent player um, and yeah like I said he would probably just had good relationships with everybody acted as the link between the manager and the manager stroke captain and, and some of the younger players maybe yeah Chaffee he, he certainly had his moments didn't he Evil I mean I remember the free kick that he scored against Shrewsbury um on his in his third spell with the club, when when Holt came back as a Shrewsbury sort of main man, and Evil scored the winner with a free kick that night, and he also scored a stunning free kick in the FA Cup at Preston during one of our um, little cup runs earlier on in one of his previous spells. He was a he was a favourite with the fans, weren't he? Even if maybe some of the players on this list were slightly better footballers. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. I remember him when he signed um, initially from from Bursko. Um, Steve Parkin knew how to sign strike because that's the one thing that Parkin was really good at, um, and he had a he had a good link up with um, with McCourt as well. They both made their debuts on the same night, I think, for Northern Ireland. Um, yeah, he scored goals. Evil. He's one of those players that would uh, that would run through a wall for you. Basically, if you told him to, he'd just go and do whatever you told him to do. Um, and yeah, big presence. You wouldn't want to come up against him. Big lad. Um, full of running. Not very mobile, but um, yeah, he'd just work his ass off for you. And yeah, um, three different spells. There must be something in that as to why we kept wanting to bring him back. Um, yeah, definitely had his moments. Yeah, and I think he also had more than one spell with both Accrington and Wrexham as well. He seemed to sort of just be on a carousel going to those three clubs over and over again. But he obviously was a favourite with the supporters at all three of those clubs. And I think he's one of those players, looking back, that you would like to have in the squad, not only for that sort of presence that he has in the dressing room that Ryan mentioned, but also just as a threat. Like, as you say, defenders won't want to face a player like Machiavelli and he, um, him coming off the bench when there's sort of tired minds and tired legs in like stages, he'd, he'd often cause a threat. One player who certainly had more quality and a player that we mentioned as playing against Machiavelli um, when he came back with Shrewsbury. Now, there can't be many players that are more deserving of the moniker of a Dale legend than Grant Holt, can they, Chaff? No, absolutely not. Um one of the best strikers that we've ever had, um, without question. He had absolutely everything for me. Um, it took him a while to get going when he did sign. Um, but, my God, when he did get going, he was unplayable. Um, he had... He was, was deceivingly quick. He was strong. He could finish. He was good in the air. He was... He was alarmingly skillful, to be perfectly honest with you as well, um, for a big man. I remember that um, Zidane turn he did against Macclesfield <laughs> on the edge of the box where he then put it in the bottom corner. Um, he was recreating that in Litton Tree for weeks after that. Um, yeah, an unbelievable player with a really good goal-scoring record. Um, left us, probably, for not quite enough money, um, or not as much as we'd have wanted, but that's the Rochdale way, isn't it? Um, and then that goal he scored again against us for Shrewsbury was unbelievable. That flip up and, and volley. Uh, great goal, yeah. Great, great striker. Yeah, Ryan, it was no surprise to see Holt go on and become a household name in the Premier League, was it? Because like Chaff said there, he scored all sorts of goals with Dale and he always looked like he, he had the ability to go on and play at a much higher level and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wondered whether he'd go that high because of his um, his fitness levels, but it just didn't affect him at all. He, he had the quality to to eradicate that, really, and not really much to add to Chaff other than you know he, he scored all types of goals. Um, you remember the good ones, like I said, the one against Mac. Um, he scored volley against Oxford that was ridiculous as well, um, and I think there was one away it might have been Cheltenham or Stevenage or something where um, he took the man on la- la- he was taking him on a couple of touches and finished from outside the box and he was just ridiculously good really and it was gutting when he 
he went, but you could understand it because you knew we were destined for for much better things than, than Rochdale at that time. Yeah, and looking back, perhaps he's the sort of player that maybe won't we won't see much of um, anymore. He was, in a way, a sort of old-fashioned English centre forward. He was big and strong, number nine, um, and an absolute colossus up front, really. So hard to defend against them. So, for a player of his sort of stature to have the sort of poacher's instincts that he had as well, like so many goals that he used to get on the rebound and in and around the box... And he must have been a nightmare for defenders to face um, in League Two. And I would even go as far to say that we would have been probably relegated without a player like that in that spell because the rest of the team wasn't really up to much at the time. And I think that can definitely be said about one player that actually linked up with Hull um, for a short while. But is it fair to say that maybe Dale wouldn't have stayed in the league if it weren't for Ricky Lambert, Ryan? Yeah, he certainly helped us a lot. Um, he was. He came in as a midfielder at first, didn't he? Um, and then I think we moved him up front just because I think it was something to do with the fact that he could hit a ball harder than anybody else. Um, his shot power was was ridiculous at times, and you know you always got excited when we got a free kick around the box as well. Um, I think he was just he was great, and he linked up with Holt for a short period, but. You know, it was just it was terrific technic technically, um, but yeah, he just had he had a quality that not many players have at that level, um, certainly that I've seen anyway. And again, no surprise that he went on and and got the got the England cap as well. Yeah, Chaff, you said before that Parking really had an eye for signing strikers, but nothing can sort of display that more than the signing of Lambert. He signed him as a midfielder as Ryan said there, and then he's ended up playing for England and for Liverpool as a centre-forward. And, um, yeah, that shows just how much quality he had and how good he must have been standing out in League Two for Dale. Absolutely, yeah. Reminded me a lot of uh, Matt Letizia, um when he came come through at Southampton. Um, obviously, the links there with Lambert being a Southampton legend as well. Um wasn't blessed with any pace whatsoever. He's probably, been, in fact, I probably had about as much pace as what Lambert did. But my word, when he got when he got hold of the ball, he was an absolute magician with it. Every time he picked up the ball in the final third, there was almost an expectancy that he'd go and score. Uh, him getting a free kick within anywhere around thirty yards um, of the goal, it was almost like having a penalty. Um, I've never seen anybody hit free kicks for Rochdale better than Lambert. Um, again, he's another one that we sold far too cheaply, but it was necessary, unfortunately, because uh, we were going through a little bit of financial hardship. Stood out in what was a pretty below-average Rochdale side at the time as well, um, especially after Holt had left and Parkin was in his second spell. Um, yeah, he's uh, he was absolutely fantastic. Lambert scored any yeah, like I said, every, anywhere within distance you expect him to score almost. Yeah, and still deadly in the box as well, deadly in the air with the strength that he had. And um, I remember one of his last games for us came against Bristol Rovers, um, and they dubbed him the Thierry Henry of League Two. Now I don't think he quite had the pace, but I could understand. 
um, where they were coming from there because he definitely seemed to be sort of head and shoulders above any defender he came up against at that level and obviously their fans were quite happy when he when he left Dale to sign for them uh, not long after that. Um, a terrific player, uh, as you mentioned, went on and played for England, played for Liverpool, scored with his first touch in the England shirt against Scotland, uh, which I know put him into sort of folklore with a lot of England supporters as well. And um, I was just absolutely over the moon to see a, a, a player like that go on and achieve what he did in the game. I mean, we've seen um, other players that we've mentioned already and players that we'll come on to mention go and represent um, Premier League clubs. But I think Lambert had so much quality and not always the... Uh, physical attributes that were required in terms of pace and fitness and that shows just how much quality he had and again um, I think Letizia is probably quite a good uh, comparison to make because he was quite a similar player um, and also Lambert was another scouse forward we mentioned Townsend and Machiavelli beforehand um, and another scouser who came to us around just after Lambert perhaps um, Ryan, Chris Dagnall now he never really looked like a footballer, did he, when he first came to play for Dale, and yet he went on to be one of our key players for four or five seasons. Yeah, he was it was a different type of forward than we'd seen for a couple of years, probably since I know Townsend left just before that, but he was a small, skinny, quick striker that we'd, we'd not really had for a, a little while in the team and didn't start off great I don't think but um, yeah I think he had a couple of seasons where he just scored he seemed to score every other week um, same type of goals usually he'd be one on one he'd be slotted through one on one um, I think he scored, scored penalties as well um, but he was just he was superb for us um, and had a really good partnership with a with a striker we're going to mention later on I'm sure but um, yeah you just you remember you've got so many good memories of Dagnall um, you know the all six, seven, seven, oh eight seasons. He was just he was unplayable at times, and you all remember that hat trick against Rotherham at home. Um, that were just oh, it was so good, and I think he scored twenty goals that season. I think which you know really good return for for one season, and just yeah, a, a great player for us, and, and worked hard as well. He was he was so hard working, um, but yeah, I, I loved Chris Dagnall. Not a bad word to say about him. Yeah, Chaff, I think Ryan's touched on it there. He was that lethal combination, wasn't he, of um, not only having a lot of ability for a player playing in, in League Two, but he also had such a tremendous work ethic as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we mentioned about parking signings um, before. How do you replace Grant Holt and Ricky Lambert? Come and get Chris Dagnall. Um, worked out absolutely brilliantly for us. Um, yeah, I was, I was a big fan of Dagnall. Uh, it was explosive, weren't it? He gets the ball um, and he just runs, and he just want he'll do whatever it takes to get the ball in the back of the net. Um, yeah, there's lots of really good memories that hat trick uh, that Ryan mentioned uh, when he came back from his injury as well. Um, yeah, superb. Did well after he left us as well. Um, did well at Orient. Did well at Crew. I was a little bit disappointed when he did leave because um, when he left us. He went to Scunthorpe, and I didn't see that as a as a, a, a move that it would that he deserved. Really, I thought he'd go a little bit higher than that. Um, but yeah, um, key key member of our of that really good period under Hill as well. Um, 
yeah, really, really good striker. Yeah, and one of my favourite memories of Dagnall is um, a memory that we mentioned in the away day episode a few um, few weeks ago, that goal at Rushton, which, looking back, could have been the difference once again between us staying in the league and going down. Um, that last-minute strike down at Neen Park. Uh, and also, I remember him coming off the bench against Stockport in the 7-2. And again, it was sort of similar to that hat-trick that he scored against Rotherham later on, where he'd been out for a while and the fans were delighted to see him back. And obviously, with one of his first touches, he found the back of the net and that was daggers all over, I think. Um, and one player that he played with in that 07-08 season, who actually only spent um, around a year with us, but was a terrific signing and ended up being an absolutely key member of that team. And um, perhaps, would you go as far to say, Ryan, that when Dale sold Glenn Murray in 07-08, that maybe was the difference between us going for automatic promotion and finishing in the playoffs that season? Oh, definitely. Definitely. What, what Glenn Murray brought to our team was... Um, you could almost say more than anybody else has brought, I think. Um, his goal-scoring record for us was just tremendous. I think he averaged a goal every two games, I think, for us. Um, and he was just... Chaff mentioned it earlier, he was just a bit of an awkward player. I, did, I certainly didn't see him going to the Premier League. He was just... He was very awkward... Awkward to watch at times as well. He weren't the most graceful footballer, um, but he did the job and he managed to find himself in a box more often than not and, and slotting goals, um, left foot, right foot with his head. Um, and just, yeah, such a, such a good player. Um, without all the ball, he was, he was just an all-round striker, wasn't he? He could have all the ball up, he was good in the air, he was big, he could score his feet, he was laying off. But yeah, I, I certainly think that had a massive impact on us and yeah I'd have loved to have seen him stay but he had to go let's be honest yeah Chaffee didn't do too badly for himself either afterwards did he he's ended up being a bit of a legend at Crystal Palace and at Brighton for the goals that he scored perhaps not so much at Palace now having gone back to their arch rivals Brighton but did you always expect Murray to go on and have such a career that he's had because like Ryan said he wasn't exactly um, the most graceful footballer but he was always Deadly in front of goal, wasn't he? He was. Um, I doubt many people would have uh, would have seen him go on to the levels that he has done. Um, if I'm honest, I certainly didn't. Um, I saw him as a good lower league striker. Um, I didn't see. I wasn't overly enthused when we did sign him from was it Carlisle? I think he came from. Um, I hadn't seen anything in like a previous in, in his past record that would suggest. Um, well, we've got a really good striker here, but I suppose you could say that about quite a few strikers we've had over the years who have gone on to do really well. Um, but yeah, he's had a hell of a career, hasn't he? He's up there with the, the biggest Brighton legends. Um, they love him down there. And yeah, his goal record for us was absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, awkward, like Ryan said. And like I mentioned before, you wouldn't want him coming up against you because you, I don't think you'd know how to defend against him. Um but yeah, really good, really good finisher. Um, yeah, did really well for us. Yeah, I, I seem to remember when he first came on loan from Carlisle. I think um, it was always going to be turned into a permanent deal. I think we were just waiting for the transfer window to open. But at the same time, in the loan spell, I, I didn't really see much of um, what he was offering. And that was under parking. And obviously then when Hill took over, 
Uh, he straight away went on a goal-scoring streak that was just unstoppable. And that season, we went from being pretty much relegation candidates to almost getting in the playoffs. And um, yes, it was Parkin that signed him, but it was definitely Hill that managed to get the best out of him. Um, and another striker that Hill managed to get the best out of in his time at Dale. Perhaps not as consistently as Glenn Murray, but Chaff Adam LaFondra was another player who you just could not stop from scoring goals. No, if a ball falls anywhere to anyone in the 18-yard box, you'd want it to be Alfie because he's going he's gonna to finish it. Natural finisher uh, and one of the best that we've probably ever seen at Rochdale. Um, probably couldn't play in many other positions, just a natural number nine. Uh, another one who's gone on to have a great career. Another one that we've ended up having to sell for a ridiculously low fee. Uh, to pay bills um, but yeah a, a top top player outfit weren't he oh yeah 100% um, Ryan it, it's looking back it, it's kind of crazy that Alfie when he came to us permanently in the summer of 2007 after a pretty decent loan spell the season before he literally couldn't get in the team for a few months because Murray and Dagnall were banging the goals in and that just shows how much quality we actually had in that side doesn't it yeah, absolutely. But I think out of those three, if there's one you want on the bench who's going to come on, it is Alfie, and he certainly played that part very well. Um, but yeah, he was just he was a, just a lethal goal scorer. Um, didn't get involved in the build-up play as much as the other two. But like Chaff said, if a ball's in a box and it falls to anybody, probably ever from what I've seen, you want it to be Adam Lafondre because he'd finish it, and he went on to do it at Rotherham and Reading and. And other clubs as well, and just yeah, a great striker, Alfie. Um, and I think everyone who, who watched him will, will have very fond memories of him. Yeah, and he's scored goals everywhere he's gone, hasn't he, throughout his career? He's um, gone on, like you said, scored in the Premier League, now probably the most prolific player in the Australian A League. Um, but I we I said before that Dagnall didn't look much like a footballer when he came. Alfie definitely did. He he sort of had that style about the way that he ran and his instincts. I think perhaps more of a natural um, finisher than any of the other players that we mentioned today. And there's a lot of very very quality forwards that we mentioned. So I think that says a lot about how good Alfie was in front of goal. Um, and perhaps it's a shame that he he never ended up playing with. Chris O'Grady, who came in the season after and linked up with Dagnall and helped uh, send us to promotion. And Ryan, I know you were a massive fan of O'Grady. Um, we said that selling Murray in 07 08 might have been the difference between um, automatic promotion and the playoffs. Was signing O'Grady in 09 10, was that the difference between us finishing the playoffs and going up? Definitely. Definitely. Um, I don't think. I've seen a player have as good a season as he had that season. He was just, we've said it a couple of times already, but he genuinely was just unplayable. You you couldn't do anything to him because he was a big, strong lad. He had a bit of pace about him as well. Um, he did the same turn on the byline every week and it still seemed to work. Um, and he just, he had that, there's not many players of his size and the style of strike he thought he was that could finish like he could. Um, he'd just he'd be one on one and you'd just pass the ball into the net sometimes and it you sort of looks it doesn't even look like he's bothered here. 
Um, but he'd be passing it in. Um, he'd score headers. He'd score goals from out. I remember one goal in pre-season against Bolton. I think Adam Bogdan was in there. Um, and it was a screamer cutting from my left and hit it from about 20 yards into the, into the opposite corner. And I just I loved him. And I think I think it'd be hard pushed to see someone who's had a good, as good a season as, as he had that season in League Two because he was he was outstanding and just like I said, unplayable. Yeah, Chaff, we've mentioned a couple of players earlier that perhaps weren't the most prolific but did a job for the team. Now O'Grady did that job but still managed to score 20-odd goals in that season when we won promotion. That Does that show you just how good he was? Yeah, definitely. Ryan just mentioned it there. He was unplayable, weren't he? Um, when he was on farm, he was absolutely outstanding. Um, I remember when we signed him, um, the Oldham fans were just laying into him, said, you've got yourself an absolute dud in here. Um, and I remember him from Rushton and Diamonds where he did well. Um I think it was Rushton. But yeah, he, Oldham fans hated him, said he was gar- he was garbage and he just went on to become an absolute legend for us, didn't it? Scores the goal that seals promotion for the first time in 40 years. Um, very, very fond memories of Chris O'Grady. That goal that he scores against Southampton on their own deck um, before Jonesy's screamer, he scored. He absolutely tore Oldham Athletic apart at their place as well. Um, which was one of the best performances from an outfield player I can remember, uh, especially for me at the time. I think was living in Oldham, um, and yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. I remember Steve I was absolutely gutted to lose him. Um, I remember him saying in one of the articles we put on the website, or that Fitz or Chris put on the website, that he he didn't expect to leave, to lose him, uh, and that would have that would have been a really big loss to us. Uh, and that, that's exactly how it, how it turned out. Great, great player. Always did that thing with his feet, and that we called it. Uh, and like Ryan said, nobody knew how to defend against it. Um, probably the best target man we've ever had. And it's probably harsh just to label him as a target man because his all-round game was so much better than that. Yeah, and in, in a weird way, for a target man, he did quite often used to drift out to the left wing and take down those long raking passes from Dawson who was probably the best long passer we've ever seen at Dale and that link up was absolutely lethal both in the 09-10 promotion season and the season after when we were in League One um, he wasn't quite as prolific in that season but obviously it was a step up in class And um, but he was still arguably one of our best players that season and the link up like I say between him and Dawson was absolutely pivotal and I was, I was a massive O'Grady fan as well um, one of the few few players I ever actually shelled out to get the name on the back of my shirt. And um, about three days later, he missed from a yard out at Gig Lane. But we'll move on from that one. And um, we'll look to our last player on the list today and another player who fired in the goals that took us to promotion. Um, Ryan, Scott Hogan was a pretty special talent, wasn't he? And would you say that his season in 13-14 was not too far away from O'Grady's in terms of the contribution that he made. Yeah, it certainly wasn't wasn't far away from O'Grady at all. Um, he was every time he was on the football pitch, you thought we were going to win, and you thought Scott Hogan was going to score a goal for us. Um, he was he was amazing. Um, I'd have loved to have seen him 
stay for one more season and have a cracking League One because I, I genuinely think we'd have been up there. Um, but he was just, I remember that January, I was at college at the football club and I remember seeing him about the place, but he wasn't getting him a team and he were like, he's definitely going here, he's going somewhere. But um, he he told Fergie to, to F right off, as we all know, and then uh, carried on. I think we went to Wimbledon. I think that was one of his first games back and he scored that hat-trick where it was typical Hogan, really. It was three completely different goals. Um, but he was he was outstanding that day. I remember it well. And yeah, he was he was just... He was so, I remember seeing him on the pitch and he thought he was quite small at times, a little bit stocky, but small. And I remember seeing him in the tunnel and things and he, he was a unit. Um, he was an absolute athlete and he, he had bags of pace, he had a spring on him and, and no surprise really that he's, he's scored goals in the championship as well when he's been fit and consistently playing. Um, but yeah, he was he was, he was was great with Scott Hogan. Yeah, Chaff, it, it came as a bit of a surprise to just how good he was because he had been released, obviously, um, as a youth player from Dale. I mean, how do you explain that? Because when he came back, he looked like a Premier League player in the making, didn't he? Yeah, I remember him being released. I remember him in the youth team. Um, there was him and another lad called Russell Benjamin who people were sort of talking about when they were in the youth team as possibly being stars of the future. And then he got released along with Benjamin and um, you just didn't see any way back. And then when Keith Hill brings him back to the club, you're thinking, well, we, we, we know what this is. He must have changed quite a bit. And then he played that first pre-season friendly away at Northwich Victoria, scored that trick and it looked like it was absolutely no effort whatsoever. Um, and what a player he was. He was so fast. You, imagine having to defend against that when he's when he's coming running at you. Uh, he's another one who, whenever he got hold of the ball, you half expected to score. Um, the amount of goals where he comes in and he's, he's just beaten the defender for pace and just finished it. Um, yeah, he was a really exciting player. Explosive, um, like Dagnall, but probably twice as good, really. Um, the money that he's brought in in the future as well um, kept the club going for through several different deals, really. Um, that header against Leeds as well. Um, I always, whenever I think of Scott Organ, I always think of that header against Leeds. Uh, and just the fact that he could score all different types of goals as well. I know we've mentioned that with a few players. Um, but yeah, he was absolutely outstanding, organ. And with that injury that he picked up just after he left us, it's probably a good thing that he didn't get another season with us financially. But yeah, you, you would have liked to have seen him stay a little bit longer than what he did, but he was never going to, was he? And I think at the time, he was one of our record sales, weren't he? Yeah, and that wasn't really any surprise, like you say, Um I think he did actually pick up a couple of injuries, didn't he, during the season? I remember him going down at Berry um, in the game when Henderson got sent off. Uh, I think we ended up drawing nil-nil. But he, if it weren't for the injuries, I think he definitely would have been established in the Premier League by now. When he came through, I, I definitely remember saying that he looks like a modern footballer. He looked like he can play any pos- any attacking position on the pitch. He could play on either wing or just off the striker if he wanted to, but. Why would you not play him up front when he was so lethal in front of goal and all he needed was half a yard of space in front of him and bang, you expected it to at the back of the net. And uh, I think it's fair to say that him, Henderson and Vincenti that season were up there with the 
one of the best attacking trios you'll ever see in fourth tier football. Um, and it's a shame, really, that the injuries have slowed him down because, in terms of natural ability, he's up there with some of the best we've ever seen at Dale. Um, so that concludes our shortlist. So I'm going to ask uh, you two for your striker picks now, and then I'll read out the teams and ask people to pick their favourites on the forum and on Twitter. So, Ryan, I'm going to read your team out first, and then I want you to give me your last two strikers, OK? So we've got Conrad Logan, Scott Wiseman, Craig Dawson, Owen O'Connell, Michael Rose, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, Callum Counts, Matt Lund, Ian Henderson, and then your two strikers, please. Toughest one yet, this, but it has to be Chris O'Grady. That was the first one that we nailed on. Um, I'm going to go with Scott Hogan. Interesting stuff. And Chaff, I've got for you Neil Edwards, Joe Rafferty, Craig Dawson, Alan Reeves, Tom Kennedy, Pat McCourt, Gary Jones, David Perkins, Ian Henderson, and then your two strikers. Uh, I've ummed and ahed about this all week. Um, there's one that's nailed on, that's Grant Hall. Grant Hall gets in that team all day long. And his partner, I've changed my mind about 10 times. Um, I'm going to go with Lambert. Um, it was a tough call between Ricky Lambert and Scott Hogan, but yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Ricky Lambert. Okay. They were the two that I've been thinking about all week, but I think I'm going to change it based on our discussion tonight. Um, so my team is Neil Edwards, Scott Wiseman, Craig Dawson, Nathan Stanton, Tom Kennedy, Pat McCourt, Gary Jones, Jason Peake, Ian Henderson, and I am also going to go with Grant Holt as one of my forwards and Glenn Murray as the other. So that's our all-time 11s completed and boxed off there. It'll be interesting to see uh, which one is selected as the fans' favourite, but I'm feeling pretty confident about mine, not going to lie. Um, guys, cheers for joining us again. Chaff, thanks very much, mate. Nice one, thank you very much, it's been fun on it. It has, yeah, I've really enjoyed going back through some of these memories and um, we'll look for something else to come on to next week. Uh, Ryan, do you fancy joining us again next week? Thanks for coming on again tonight. Yeah, absolutely, whenever, whenever you want me a bit, really. Um, it's been good to be part of this and look back at all these players and, and hear about players that I didn't see as well, so thanks for that, Chaff. Uh, but no, thanks for having me on and yeah, hope, hope to stay on. Good stuff. Uh, all that's left for me to say is don't forget to pick your favourite team uh, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And thanks for joining us. See you again. <laughs>